everybody. Hello. This You're listening to the Macaw Podcast Universe, the podcast where we exist to prove people wrong when they say that sequels are never better than the originals. originals. My name is Micah Macaw. Gordon Macaw. And this movie does not prove our tagline correct. Right no. off the bat. Spoiler We're talking alert. Terminator Genesis. <laughs> Genesis. Um, this movie is absolutely insane Uh uh-huh i have never seen a movie like this no and i don't mean that in a good way no um i i just we mean it in a bad way this was my first time this was your first time yeah but i think there's so much that i i like have to express right off the bat is like this movie i i don't know that i've ever seen a movie misunderstand every single facet of what the franchise is yeah (laughs) don't you think (laughs) so i mean you know you can argue all day long about star wars even the hobbit movies oh my gosh stuff like that i gotta say though this was a little this was potentially more entertaining than some of the hobbit movies because it was so insane the hobbit Hobbit (laughs) movies are like self-indulgent Yes. And it's clear that, it, I mean, it's a lot, in a lot of ways, it's clear that it's just like make them as long as they can, make them epic so we can make more money. This movie, of course, they made it money. We know it's a business. We get that. But there was an element of we got this really cool idea. And then you're, the movie's going on, like, we got another really cool idea. And by the end of the, the movie, you got like 15 cool ideas and they never latched onto one of them. Yeah. Therefore, well, that, my it's joke, just a roller coaster. Yeah, my joke for the movie was producer walks in and he goes, hey, anyone have any ideas for a Terminator sequel? Eight people raise their hand and he goes, perfect, let's do it. Yeah. Um, but I just, I can't think of, I can't think of another movie that does what this movie does. Yeah. All, all I can think of are movies where they travel back to previous movies like Endgame or Back to the Future. Or Insidious 2, but but like they travel back to the previous movies for actual purposes. <laughs> and this is just But then it's like, but it's not only that, it's an alternate universe or an I, I alternate timeline. And so and, it's yeah. <laughs> and admittedly, admittedly, I think about an hour and a half into the movie, there was, you know, still about a half hour left. I kind of said I know what I think about this, and I kind of stopped listening to a lot of it. So there might How be some things. How could you listen to anything? Uh, yeah. Th- there might be some things toward the end where we'll go, How in the world is this? And maybe it is explainable. But this movie on a whole is just so insane. And it follows this weird formula where just about every scene, there's some sort of twist or major plot point. And then the next scene, Arnold Schwarzenegger has to explain what that means. I joked and said he was the T exposition model because this whole movie, he's just spouting exposition, yeah. exposition. And it, genuinely, I don't know how we're even going to get through describing this movie. Me neither. It is so crazy. I have a faraway look in my eyes because I have no idea. Well, and I, I will say this. I was laughing for a lot of this movie. Me too because a lot of gasping it it just every time like at the beginning of the movie when they just recreated the exact shots from the terminator the i'm going what why it kind of weird ones sort of yeah it was so weird but 
let's let's talk a little bit of the production. Unless you have any more to add right at the get go. No. Okay, we are cooking cookies, so we have to it's called baking. Well, baking cookies shouldn't they called be called bakies? Because a cookie, a bakey, because you're baking them. Oh, I've never thought about that in my life. Yeah, I'm. I mean, hello, <laughs> get me that Netflix special, my stand-up special. Um, so this movie, we've talked about this director before. It's Alan Taylor who directed Thor: The Dark World. I have only seen that in this movie, what and else so has he done? far. I don't remember. I just know that we covered him. So see Thor the Dark World to find that out. Um, the movie is written by... Le- Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. He did seven episodes of Game of Thrones. That's how he knew Amelia Clark. Oh, um, okay. So there might be some good there. I don't like that show, but um, yeah. there might be some good there. Um, so it's written by Leta Calogridis, who... Um, <laughs> he wrote Catwoman starring Halle Berry one of the writers on Avatar Shutter Island the house with the clock in its walls okay so there's some good stuff in there um Patrick Lucier who uh wrote Drive Angry 3D and Dracula 2000 amongst other things that I hadn't heard of uh the music is by Lauren Balf who did the music for um Mission Impossible Fallout one of my favorite scores oh cool and cinematography is by Kramer Morgenthau, who did Dogtown che- uh, Chef, <laughs> Thor of the Dark World. Okay. Um, and this movie comes out July 1st, 2015. It has, <laughs> it has a budget of $155 million. And domestically, the movie makes $89.7 million. It's too much money. That's so little money. It's too much. That's that is like a. I feel bad for anyone who had to pay money to see this. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, it's been a while. New Terminator movie. You, I mean, I well, that's just an indication that everyone's done. I know because worldwide, I actually think this is kind of wild. Worldwide, the movie makes four hundred forty point six million. Wow, that's shocking. Which is not a hit. I'm curious but if there's like one. Like if it's China, it's or- a lot of China because it, it was one of the rare movies that made more in China than it did in the U.S. There's like two or three movies where that happens, huh. like a American movie that does that. That's weird. Um, so it it pretty much bombs domestically. Americans are like kind of over this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is funny because as we, I'll go over the box office next week on our final Terminator episode, but. All signs point to people are not interested in this as a series anymore. So stop making them. Um, so if you'll remember, there was the company Halcyon or Halk Halkion. Yeah, they go bankrupt in two thousand nine. A couple of months after another company. Oh wait, is it the same from the last? Yes. Okay. This, so this company goes bankrupt in two thousand nine. Yeah. And the rights, the franchise rights, are auctioned off to Pacificor, who then sell the rights in May. Okay. Uh, before sale, Hanover House, another company, wants to make a Terminator 3000 3D animated movie. Animated movie? Yeah. Fascinating. That sounds more fun. Yeah. Change um, the medium. Yeah. Uh, but Pacific Or shuts them down and will not let them make it. Sends them a cease and desist and is like, <gasps> no way. <gasps> oh. Um, and then Justin Lin, yeah. who directed a couple of the Fast and Furious yeah. movies, or maybe several. Um, at least two. Um, he is set to direct five. Here we go. 
Um, and then Anna Perna would at least be more interesting action wise. <laughs> yeah, Anna Perna gets the rights to make two movies. So here we go. We're gonna make two movies back to back. Justin Lin, number five. Let's go. And then Justin Lin drops off because it's taking way too long to get okay. the movie off the ground so that he can direct Fast and Furious 6. And then they talk to, um, amongst others, but they see if they can get Ryan Johnson, Denis Villeneuve, and Ang Lee. Holy crap. Those <laughs> it would have been a vastly different movie in <laughs> I know. so many ways. It would have like redefined the genre, probably. <laughs> yeah. I know all three of those are so interesting Ang Lee would actually be really fascinating because he's done things for film that James Cameron has also tried, like pushing film forward. Yeah, with the frame rate stuff. So that would have been crazy interesting. Yeah. Um, So they all pass on it. And then they wanted to make this movie establish that Terminator is a multiverse. Oh, what idiot came up with that (laughs) idea? But here's... so. In the movie, you know, we talked about how they had to recreate scenes, and yeah. but they recreated like exactly how the shots were done. They didn't do, I, I, you know, in Endgame when they went back to the Battle of New York, they showed different angles yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Um, they just were recreating the exact shots, same acting and everything. Uh, it's they could not get the rights to use the first movie, but they would have if they could. Yes. So I think hmm. I think they would have say that whole first scene with Arnold showing up mm-hmm. that occurs in the first movie in 1984. I think they would have used that whole sequence Interesting. and like Bill Paxton and then like CG had old Arnold come in to attack him. Um, I I just don't they didn't put a tire tattoo on that guy's face. They didn't. No, good call. I didn't mean good call. I meant uh, good catch. Because I did not notice that they didn't put the tire thing until you said it. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I, they should have. Yeah. If you're they're, you're going to do it. Instead, he just looks like the lead singer of Green Day. Yeah. Like this guy. Uh, Billy Joe Armstrong. Okay. <laughs> so this is just, this quote, it, it kind of has a tinge of sadness to it. Okay. <laughs> so this is one of the producers of the movie. So after the film was released and everything, they talked to him and They asked him, I don't know who they is, but somebody asked him uh, about the film's title, Genesis. And and if you do not know, listener, it's spelled G-E-N-I-S-Y-S. And I remember when this was coming out, it was a big joke. Everyone was thought the title was hilarious and stupid. And also, even in researching this um, movie and stuff, I would always forget where the Y was. It was it's such a confusing title. Yeah. Um, and he said it didn't work. The actual thought process behind it was we were kind of playing on words a la Google, and it's a reference to Genesis, which is in reference to the singularity and the man-machine hybrid that John Connor ends up beginning. Also, if you pronounce a different way, it signals a new beginning. So it was kind of a play on words, and it did not come across that way. Which is just kind of, it's a little bit, sad you know you can hear like an older man just kind of going that's what we tried to do and it was stupid hmm. and we shouldn't have done that i guess i understand the trying to make it a, a a unique branding kind of thing yeah but boy it did not work <laughs> um so then sequels to this movie so uh, 
remember, Terminator Salvation, they go, okay, this is going to be a new trilogy. The first movie gets made, doesn't do all that well, so they go, okay, it's we're canceling the trilogy. Then they start this movie and they go, awesome, this is going to be a new trilogy. And we'll follow that theme next week as well. Really? Um, sequels to Terminator Genesis were scheduled for release on May 19th, 2017 and June 19th or June 29th, 2018 under the under the tentative titles of Terminator 2 and Terminator 3. And they were all canceled. <laughs> um, in January 2016, the planned Terminator 2 was removed from Paramount's release schedule. Yeah. And Jason Clark has this to say about the canceled Genesis <laughs> sequel. <laughs> what I remember was that second one was going to be about John's journey after he was taken by Skynet. No. Like, like going down to what he became, half machine, half man. No. That's where the second one was going to start, and that's about all I knew. It's such a bummer we didn't get to do that. It's not, though. But Amelia had something to say okay. about the movie. Amelia said... No one had a good time on set and was was relieved that she would not have to make any more movies. What does that mean? That's all you have? Well, this is a quote. Now, from her folks. Oh, you have another quote? Well, and, and I'm sorry, this is not a quote. Um okay. it's just uh, a copy and paste. Okay. But um f- folks, if you remember our Halloween special, our first one ever was Fantastic Four, where we talked about the disaster of Fantastic Four 2015, Josh Trank's movie. So remember that. Remember how crazy that production was and the editing? It was just a mess. Yeah. The actress remembered the Genesis production being so bad that word spread to the set of Josh Trank's equally as chaotic Fantastic Four set, which was filming nearby. Clark said that crew members... <laughs> On Fantastic Four responded to news about their own troubled production by wearing jackets that read, at least we're not on Terminator. (gasps) (laughs) What? So it just sounds like it just was a horrible set. I, I... she didn't seem to say it was a hostile set. I think it was just the probably kind of really thing. disorganized. And she read the script and was like, maybe even offer the part. I don't know where she's really at in her career. I know she's in Game of Thrones, yeah. but it's like, yeah, this is good money and it's a franchise. This would be good for me. Yeah. And she's doing it. And then she's like, I don't know any, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I don't know how to act. <laughs> so I guess I'll just watch Terminator one and two and see how Linda Hamilton did it. <laughs> and like, try to, copy every tiny thing about her and then it's like honey you're not linda hamilton though it didn't work because <laughs> i could work. tell that she was she was imitating her she I was could tell. She, yeah that's what it, that's the, a good way to put it it felt more like an imitation than it did acting because it was it's the kind of thing if this was a fan film i would think or or like a short youtube video yeah. or something i'd go man she nailed linda hamilton yeah but since it's a movie and it's a professional actress it's like get out of here with your linda hamilton impression like this sucks yeah um i didn't buy it not for a second um yeah so that is the production notes i have on the movie okay that's wild it is so wild and um let's hear about those actors we're gonna talk about some wild actors on this movie amelia clark we have we covered her i don't think so i don't think so so she is like we said she plays daenerys Daenerys. Daenerys. Uh, Daenerys. Anyone who's watched Game of Thrones, 
you know what I'm talking about. And you're mad at us. Uh, she marries the Dothraki. That's all I remember because I tried watching the show twice. Who's Jason I, Momoa? Yeah, couldn't get into it. Um, and then she's also in Me Before You. She's in Solo, Late Christmas, mm, Thunderbirds. What? <laughs> Hold on a second. Uh, voices of the voices from the stone, the one animals, robot chicken. <laughs> okay, I, I think we got her. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, J.K. Simmons is in this movie as well, per- bringing us the only exciting performance. Have we covered yeah. him? Um, I think we would have in our no, I don't know. Well, just I'll just say the highlights. He's J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, yeah. Well, I probably didn't talk about him in that. But J. Jonah Jameson in Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi trilogy. He's in La La Land, Whiplash, which he won an Academy Award for. Yeah. Um, he's also in Juno. He's great. We love him. We love J.K. Um, Matt Smith is in this movie, billed as Matthew Smith. And I think it's because he knew what was to come during production, maybe. And was like, bill me as Matthew Smith. So people are a little bit more confused <laughs> and can't find me. Um, well, because when his credit came up. Which, by the way, the credits in this movie are so long. It was so distracting. Yeah. But um, uh, it says Matthew Smith, and you said... I was like, oh, that's that? not Matt Smith, and right? And I said, no, 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 no. And then we see him. Yeah. It's crazy that he got billing in this movie. Because he's so barely in it. Yeah. But uh, well, all I mean, it's it- at the same time, though, because he's been a doctor at this point. Yes. So he's Doctor Who uh, the year before and the season before. He's also in The Crown. He's in, He's going to be a morbius i guess oh no uh he was in his house that just came out on netflix highly recommend that movie yes my number one of 2020 um he's also in lost so far river is that what it's called yes the the ryan gosling's movie the movie that we started and we didn't finish because we were tired i think so i still have never seen it i have seen it though folks i've seen the whole movie um don't ever drag me down to that yeah level. that's matt smith i mean he's in a ton of stuff too he his role in this movie was reading well and seeing that there was a stupid post credit scene in this movie um definitely reeks of we had more plans for him later oh sure you yeah, know what i mean totally hiring hiring a great actor like that and then just having them in the movie for 10 minutes seems like a waste sure uh did courtney b vance get billing he did. That's wild. He was in it for a second. Oh, he what? For yeah, a second. he was in w- one scene. He had, I think, two or three lines. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, good. You know what? I say good for him for getting wringing some money out of this franchise. Oh, getting, that's fine. I just think it like keep it a cameo. That is insane that but he got billed. Whatever. Uh, he's in the hunt for Red October, Space Cowboys, Lovecraft Country, Uncorked. Ben is black. Isle of dog. Ben is back. <laughs> <laughs> um, Isle of dogs. The people versus OJ Simpson. Oh, that's right. He plays Cochran. Yes. The defender, the defendant for OJ. Yeah. Yeah. He is, which is crazy. a great uh, season of television. Highly, highly worth Both watching seasons of American crime story. Oh, oh yeah. Cause the second one was really got under my skin and in the way it should. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it was horrifying. And then Byung Hun Lee plays T-1000. Oh, okay. Um, he is in I Saw the Devil. The movie? Yeah. I Saw the Devil, A Bittersweet Life, The Good, The Bad, The Weird. He, he's in a lot of uh, Korean stuff. He's from Korea. Um, he's in The Magnificent Seven. 
the new movie. But yeah, of course. He yeah, wasn't yeah. around for the old one. Anyway, yeah, that's him. Um, okay, and then we have Jason Clark, who plays John Connor. Woof. Jordan, please take it away. This is your time to talk about Jason Clark. <laughs> Jason Clark is consistently miscasted in movies, in my opinion. I'm not saying he's a bad actor, but when he is miscasted in a movie with a bad director, he he is like one of the worst actors currently working. So he's in Zero Dark Thirty. I remember him being fine in that. He's good in that movie. That yes, well casted. Uh, good director. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, I think that he is best suited for being casted in things that have to do with like Prohibition era. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that sure, he's got an old face. He's he, not. He, he a looks like man. he's from the early 1900s. He truly does. Put him in movies like that up up to the the no, up to the 1960s. That's yeah. my cutoff for him. Well, because because he's he's in Lawless. Yeah, sorry, which is about prohibition, but perfect, perfect in that movie. From my yeah. memory, he was great. He's also in Devil All the Time. Pretty dang good in that movie too. Yeah, um, he's in Mudbound, which takes place. Looks like maybe during the 40s, 50s, or 60s. That's the I'm way sure to go. he's good in it. I'm sure. Um, he's also in Everest. I he's think in Pet he's, Cemetery. I think he's okay in Everest. He's, which was a he's bummer of a movie. In that, but I don't think that's his fault. Bad directing. That that is a bad bad script. Who directed that movie. Um, I think that the script is the biggest problem in that movie. I I agree, but. But here's here it was a weird thing. I felt like that year that Pet Cemetery came out, and maybe the year before, he was also in Winchester. Oh, that was the movie I wanted to touch on. Yeah. He sucked in that movie. Also, that movie was not good. Yes. Sorry. But what I wanted to say is I think there was a moment there, and I don't know because I haven't really seen much after those of his, where it seemed like he was making the move of, I'm going to be a horror guy. Sure. He's not. He's not that guy. It's he, like, he's not the hero in a horror movie. What are you talking about? This is. I don't like. It's almost like he's not. He's not conventional enough to be your leading guy in things. Yeah. And then, yeah, he he's not like indie enough to be in horror movies. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then when we were watching this movie, I was like, he just needs to be a bad guy in like a movie. I was thinking more a Marvel movie. He just needs to be, Oh, keep him out of there. But he like, would be awful. But like not Marvel movie, not a bad guy. Like he was in this movie, this movie, yeah. it's just your, you know, we've all seen a guy in a business suit giving monologues. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like a weird villain. I want him to be, I want to see how weird he can get. Yeah. As a villain. And, and I, the only thing I think of as a comic book gives him yeah. the power to do that. And I don't want to. I don't want to be like too rude, but he has really sharp teeth. They're like fangs, <laughs> and 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 seriously, when I see him, I cannot buy that he's a good guy. So when he's like, oh, he look. That's why he. Yeah, yeah. Like when he's brooding, um, that can work. But when he's you know like a family man or something like that, no way. I felt like he was super super well casted in that because he was weird. And he yes. was a bad person. And he's got those sharp teeth. Yes. <laughs> but like, like he, it was like a very strange performance. Uh-huh. And I, I think because the, the, the writing was good for that movie and the directing, I think was good for that movie. Um, so he had good direction in this, but he did seem like a character that had layers to him. Yes. In Winchester, um, there was this moment where 
I mean, I wish I could just, I wish this was right now a visual medium where I could like Google this in front of everyone and like show them the clip. Uh-huh. Cause there's like a moment where he's like walking downstairs and like, you know, he's kind of looking at the house and he like touches something and he kind of giggles. Don't know why <laughs> it wasn't a, I mean, it wasn't like a comedic relief kind of thing. It just happened. It was like they did one or two takes of that and they accidentally put in the wrong one. It was so... I think I had to rewind it. Because you were that confused. It was so confusing that <laughs> whatever... What was happening? I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't think... it's. He's just an enigma to me. I don't think he's a bad actor. I don't think so either. And I think... I just don't think it's... They figured it out yet. No. Uh, yeah. He hasn't like found his lane. Yeah. So I, I guess... Mean, I think he needs to stop making, and maybe he will, because uh, Devil All the Time was a nice supporting performance. Yeah. Maybe he'll stop making the the main character play. Yeah. Because I don't think he's got the lead actor in him. Lawless, I remember being more of like an ensemble type thing. It, I think this he's Tom was... Hardy's brother, and Tom Hardy was much more the lead. And I think even Sh- Shia, LaBeouf Shia LaBeouf was, was, was m- more. more. Yeah. So I wonder if that movie's good still. I rewatched it a couple years ago. It was great. Oh, you did? Yeah. Cool. I think every time you mention it, you ask that, and I say, I rewatched it, and it was great. <laughs> and you go, oh, okay. That's good. Cool. It's like you don't believe me. It's a good movie. I don't believe you. I know you don't. Also in this movie is Jai Courtney, and before Micah gets to go off on his thing Because I, I, yeah, I have I, no I just want to say, like, what else he's in. He's in Divergent, I guess. Yes. Suicide Squad, he plays Boomerang. He isn't a good di- day to die hard. That wait a second. That's the fifth Die Hard movie that is universally panned and the only one I've never seen. But I know at some what point is universally panned. Everyone said we hate this movie. Oh, okay. Critics, audience members, no oh, one. Oh, he's liked like that a movie. son. Yes. So, um, can I can I jump into? Wait, Jai? hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta jump some Jai. He's also an honest thief, so he's in a, he's been able to act with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, Liam Neeson. Hmm. And Will Smith. And Shailene Woodley. Divergent. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. She he oh, he's in Alita Battle Angel, so I don't know if we should watch that movie. We've been kind of on the fence about it. But he is an uncredited role in the movie, so it's probably a short little cameo. Okay. Now let me talk about okay. Jai Courtney. Because last week you'll remember I talked about um oh my gosh, what is his name? He was the Terminator in the last movie. Terminator Sam Salvation. Worthington. I talked about Sam Worthington and how Hollywood decided this is the guy and they jammed him down our throats. Now, Jai Courtney, they tried so hard to jam this guy down our throats and he is awful. He is a horrible actor. Everything I've seen him in, it, it is just insane the performance that he gives. But... They tried to. They started jamming him down our throats in 2012. He plays Charlie in Jack Reacher, so he's acted with Tom Cruise too. That's unbelievable. Then the next year, he's in A Good Day to Die Hard. Now, if if you are in an action franchise that is as iconic as A Good Day to Die Hard, and they go, "You're the son of the lead character," that's Hollywood say, way of saying this is the next action guy. Uh huh. You know, uh, he's in I Frankenstein, Divergent, Unbroken. The Water Diviner, whatever that movie is, another Divergent, and then he's in Terminator Genesis, which probably sh- them further opening the door for him. Yeah, he that, plays that should have been like 
that's it. Yeah. Like you are on top of the world. People don't like him. And then he's boomerang in Suicide Squad. Horrible movie. Yeah. Um, I think that performance is not the worst performance in that movie, which is crazy. But um, that's funny. I have blocked most of that movie out of my memory. Oh, I, I hardly re- remember anything. I, I remember, remember he's carrying so around a stuffed unicorn. Yeah. And then I remember there's like a Margot Robbie butt shot. And then I remembered the reptile dude. Yeah. Who was cool. Make, yeah. Makeup wise was cool. Yes. Yeah. Makeup wise. Yeah. I agree with the, that. That's part. really. And they wear collars. That's all I remember. <laughs> what is this? Some kind of suicide squad? I remember that's a line in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so, and now he's, you know, he is an honest thief, like you said, which was number one at the box office a couple weeks ago. What is but that? It's like a Liam Neeson thriller. Okay. Um, it, it, it's, you know, it came out at the right time to I be mean, number one at the box a office. A movie about raccoons, killer raccoons was number one for comedy yeah. for <laughs> several weeks. So it's an interesting year. Well, I think as... As has been the case, the more kind of lower budget action or even horror movies are the ones that have been playing well in the pandemic. Which totally makes sense. Yeah. And that's awesome. And I love the, that killer raccoons or whatever having a fun time. Yeah. And, and you know, something like Tenet, it's just not people. are No one wants that. No one wants to see a movie that drives like that they have to figure out mm-hmm. while they're also During, like yeah. going home and having to figure things out. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> um, can't wait to watch it safely yeah. at home and I'm excited for that. But, um, so should we jump in? Mm-hmm. So this movie begins with Kyle Reese played by Jai Courtney. Um, oh, going monologuing. through this monologue oh. that's describing like, Everything we already know. It was called Judgment Day. Judgment Day didn't happen, but now it's happening again. And for so here's here's what's weird. This movie treats you like you're new to the franchise. So it says we're we're kind of re. It's a reboot, soft reboot, but it still includes the other stuff. And and we want to we we want to take you along, um, and you don't really have to know the the other movies. That's but fine. we're going to explain it all to you anyway. But So they do all this explanation, but then you watch the movie, and if you do not have a deep understanding of the Terminator universe, this movie has no logic at all. It already has no logic, but I, they could not decide what they wanted to do. And so everything oh is like... Oh my gosh, it was so It's like insane. over-explained, but then at the same time... They'll, they'll just infer something about time travel that we didn't see on screen and just kind of be like, oh, yeah, and then, you know, this happened, whatever. And it prevented uh, that thing. And yeah. you're kind of like, oh, I what, just watched this four of these movies. Should have started, if like, take out this whole beginning part, and it should just have opened with them, like, discovering the time machine. Oh, yeah. Which would cut out what felt like 30 minutes of the movie, but was probably only three. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would have been much more interesting. Start with confidence. If you're going to reboot a series, just, just start it with confidence. Like it's the first thing. And you, you're, you have help because you have previous movies to guide you on how to do it. And, and the perfect reboot is uh Mad Max Fury road, which mm-hmm. we've talked about on this podcast. They don't explain an effing thing. And they that. don't, they don't explain. And, and what this movie would need if it was going to be a reboot, like a good reboot is it needs to 
I got so distracted by that car driving tell. by that I couldn't keep my train of thought. But in in Mad Max, you can watch Mad Max Four and not watch any of the other movies, and you get it. But if you've watched the other three, it adds to it. Oh yeah, and that's what a proper reboot should do. Yeah, and this, again, if you don't have intimate knowledge of who these characters are and everything, it really doesn't make any sense at all. No. Also, if you do have an intimate knowledge, as we do, it doesn't make any sense at all. No. So they go to the time portal that we've heard so much about in all these movies. And John Connor is going to send John, uh, uh, Kyle Reese into the portal. So, <laughs> so, okay. So it's a ton of people, a, a large crew here. And uh-huh. then you see Matt Smith in it all. And you're like, oh, I guess he is in this movie. <laughs> yeah. When does this figure into his career? And then see the beginning more previous of this episode but john and kyle have like <laughs> you just said do <laughs> you ask them to rewind yeah rewind listen just to listen that to come it. back to this we part. probably have talked about matt smith more than he was actually in the movie <laughs> yeah. but um yeah kyle and john have okay no no no. let's start with this <laughs> they find it and then they know that it has just been used they, they just sent back a terminator and Ky- and john knows because of his mom telling him this yes. throughout his life and then he's like, someone needs to go back there. And everyone's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then Kyle's like, I'll do it. And John says, why should I let you do it? And it's like, let's not, let's get rid of the crap. Just send him through it. We don't need to have this like little song and dance about it. But because he knows it has to be him. Yeah. It's, that's the paradox of the whole situation. Yeah. So then, you know, then, but Kyle's like, I know your mom. I know everything about her. And he has a picture, and it's the recreation of the Linda Hamilton in the yeah. Jeep, which for some reason I was so offended that they recreated that picture. I know, because you do use it in every movie. Yeah. But, um, yeah, John and Kyle have, like, a moment. They're talking about stuff. I guess John's just kind of trying to prime him for what he's about to embark on, like, in the 1980s. And, like, who, what kind of person his mom is going to be. Like, she's not going to be some strong woman. She's going to be weak. And confused yeah she's a waitress to which kyle's like what's a waitress and and he goes ah don't worry about it forget about it then 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 then, (laughs) uh he finds yeah he goes at first he (laughs) i know this is like kind of like a fun nitpick thing Uh but it's like he starts walking up in pants and it's like nah uh uh you can't wear those yeah when i think right before this they might have shown arnold like the recreated scene it might be right after this though it's after this okay but yeah so he gets put through and this scene is forever the time portal takes forever and it shows john getting grabbed by matt smith and turning red in the face to which we don't see like we don't get any explanation for like 45 minutes which i guess sometimes for a movie is pretty typical it's 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 like like an hour when they reveal the john connor thing um okay so he gets sent back but, but he like has all these visions about a life that he never had. Yeah, yeah. So he has this dual like his he- head is kind of being ripped apart cuz well not really. I'm yeah. He he's he's seeing these visions when he was a child and he sees Sarah Connor tell him <laughs> this thing and we will get to that in a second. Um I have a but question. Actually, okay, hang on. Hold on okay. to your question. Before we go back, I I did realize um I I do get people wanting to tell the story of the future wars but obviously the more we talk about the series the more we don't need to see the future wars it, it can be like a gendy tartovsky tartakovsky directed 
beautiful cartoon show. That's what that sure. can be. Yeah. Don't make it a feature film, okay? No. Because although Salvation could have been a good movie, they just needed to fix some stuff. Anyway, doesn't matter. That movie um, was way more tangible than this one. Absolutely. That movie and even Terminator 3 look like 10 out of 10 masterpieces compared to this mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. This movie is so far down. It's mm-hmm. crazy. But I realized when John Connor's sitting there and he's about to send Kyle Reese, I was realizing, oh, this scene doesn't work at all because he knows that it needs to be that he needs to send Kyle Reese because when you watch Terminator you don't know that John Connor knows that he needs to send that specific person so it seems like a random person gets sent back oh yeah because when he gets sent back he knows everything that he needs to do right wait what are you saying I'm saying the the fun mystery of the Terminator is like Kyle Reese gets sent back and they he happens to fall in love with Linda Hamilton is how it feels when you watch the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you think about the paradox too hard, John Connor grows up and he does those actions, it loses the effect of the movie when you mm-hmm. when you show that scene of him going, yeah, I'll send Kyle Reese, I guess. Yeah. But he already knows. Yeah. It loses the effect. I agree. Yeah. Um, and also they broke the time loop because of the end of Judgment Day, but that doesn't matter apparently. So... We get back to 1984. Okay, I have a question. Okay. So, does this future take place in 2029? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. So, <laughs> this movie's so crazy. At one point, they do go to 2017. Yeah, because that's the key. That's Genesis. Whatever. So, at that point, and I know this is now like an alternate time. Yeah. However, Kyle Reese is now a, a kid. Like, he's there as the like as jai courtney uh-huh. but then there's also a kid version of him yes does that mean he would have been a kid in 2017 yes okay i was well, so no, confused no there are two different people i think i that make that gives me a headache and i'm really pissed right now thinking about it because um it's it's memories he didn't have he like gets them after going out through the time portal because they're in a parallel universe i think is the idea that is not so am, am i wrong in that they never really truly explain how this is a multiverse they don't, they don't explain it for a second I, I mean maybe they did when they were in the truck with um because we talked Sarah through Connor. some of the dialogue because we got really oh my bored. gosh how can you hold on to anything for longer than 30 seconds in this movie <laughs> but like yeah i have no idea how any of it worked i have no idea and i'm still i'm getting more frustrated as i talk about it because I mean, now granted, we're I, this is comparing a one out of ten movie to a perfect movie, but Spider Verse was very coherent in how it explained a multiverse, mm-hmm. and we saw these different Spider Men, and it was crazy. And it's a perfect movie; it's a masterpiece. But this movie, they just kind of show up. Arnold shows up, and. And then an old Arnold shows up, and then later you find out Sarah Connor was raised by a Terminator because they sent one back before that. That does not make any sense to me. <laughs> right? Am I am I right? So it's a different universe, but I don't even like wanna I, I think I'm having such a hard time figuring it out because it just doesn't work. 
Yeah, and I really don't think that we're too stupid to understand it. I don't think it's that kind of a situation. It's just like time travel is already so complicated, and we're on the fourth movie? Fifth movie. Fifth movie about time travel for the same series, which means it only gets more complicated. And you want to introduce another universe into it? No. No. You can't. No. And you shouldn't. Then we cut to 1984, a recreation of some of the first scenes in the first movie. Yeah. Arnold shows up. Remember, they had to recreate it. So it is a CGI Arnold Schwarzenegger, young Arnold Schwarzenegger. The he's in a circle and it puts an indentation in the ground. Yeah. When Kyle Reese shows up, it doesn't do that. Yeah, because remember, he, he didn't go through the portal correctly. Yeah, but when Arnold showed... Wait, what? Remember, he's like, he gets, it gets like bumped or something and he almost falls out of it or something like that. Cause he, no, no cause let's remember, just keep going. He, I don't want to know. He reaches out to John Connor and it sends him flailing and then Guys, he falls out of the sky. There is a, John Connor and Kyle Reese are in love in this movie. Which is weird because it's father and son. Because it's father and son, but they are in love with each other. Oh, they, they so are. They absolutely are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... It's just so mind-boggling. So they they chose to do what they did in four, which is CGI a young Arnold Schwarzenegger. I get the impulse to do that. Maybe just don't do it though. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Again, his eyes are dead, mm-hmm. and and Arnold Schwarzenegger is just he is the Terminator. Mm-hmm. So stop. Then he goes to the the punks to talk about getting some clothes, and then old Arnold shows up. And, and they fight. Him. Yeah. And then they're, they're fighting. And then l- here, here was a huge problem I had with the movie. <laughs> huge problem. Um, Terminator 1, Terminator 2, they are shown as indestructible, like unbeatable machines. And she just shoots them in the heart. She just shoots them in the heart with, with like a special bullet. It's like a, a, a silver bullet to a werewolf. And that Terminator... The the unstoppable Terminator that we saw an entire movie about just was done. Just like that. And I just think that that's so cheap. And that's such a... Uh, it, it, I just hate that kind of stuff in movies where they take back something in a previous movie but that was so intense. it's an alternate universe? Huh? <laughs> and so then we see this whole recreation of uh, Kyle Reese coming back. And... Um, then we have, yeah, we have this. Okay. Oh, so a police officer shows up in the alley to confront him and it's a T-1000. <laughs> You're like, oh, they're doing everything. What? And I remember seeing the trailer for this movie and going, wait, so they just made Terminator 1 and 2, but one movie? And then watching the movie, I'm like, okay, I got that dead on. Yeah. <laughs> because... The T the T1000 does he acts exactly the same way that Robert Patrick does but like like Arnold and the Terminator it's not Robert Patrick so it I think it's kind of lame um and then they even recreate certain movements like the way he gets shot and the way he uses his swords and stuff which of course you could argue it's a robot and they have to act that way but yeah but then he gets I mean I know he comes back a little bit later oh he comes back like okay so they get him off their tail there's a ton of exposition in a truck yes and then they catch up to them like 10 minutes later and then they kill it and it's just gone so it's like is is this the acid yeah but it's like one of the most formidable things that you brought into this 
is just killed. So, which I get, whatever. I, well, I want, I, I think this is important to get into because we kind of talked about this last night, but I want the audience to hear. I'm thinking about this movie and when the acid drops on the T-1000 and it just kind of disintegrates, I'm going, how come I don't feel any stakes at all and, I, and I'm confused by the action? One, the action is very poorly shot. It's mm-hmm. very how people just shoot action without any creativity. Mm-hmm. We're going harsh on this movie and I'm able to stand by it. I'm not going to give an excuse. Um, but Cameron does an amazing job of when you watch one of his movies, for the most part, you know where things are geographically, and you know for, there was that scene where they're fighting for the gun. If Cameron directed that scene, he would show that gun multiple times and show it in conjunction to the hero before the hero grabs it and shoots the T-1000. In this, you saw the gun, then it's gone for a long time, and then he just gets thrown through a wall. The gun's right there. That's not very so suspenseful. At one point. Yeah, it's, and it's not suspenseful filmmaking. No. Because each action scene should have suspense. That's the main drive of action. Yeah. And so then I was thinking about the scene in Terminator 2 where the nitrogen goes all mm. over him and he freezes and then the steel stuff falls on him later. And how when you're watching the movie, it's so set up. The nitrogen is a little bit of a twist, but since it doesn't kill him, it, yeah, it yeah. works. But but you see the 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 molten steel stuff so much that when it happens, it's more of a of course that's how they got him. That had to be how they got him. That was their only option. Much like the presser in the first movie, right. rather than just a random thing. Right. And I know that after the scene where they get the T one thousand, get the acid, it's like oh Sarah rigged this whole thing. But it it just seems like they just made it up. And they well, didn't set it up at all. It just melted an acid. It also seems too because in the exposition scene when they're driving and they're explaining things to Kyle, it, it feels like for, this is just how I remember it that the T one thousand like catches up to them and they they happen to like be at a warehouse like in the location of a warehouse. That's yeah. happenstance based on how like the wrong time of when it found them, and then suddenly it's like their fortress, like their bat cave. Yeah, and it's like I thought this was an accident. That they like got stopped before You're they right. got to their destination. You're right. Yeah, that's how it felt. And I was still paying attention at that point in the movie. I kind of was. <laughs> but then, so then this is when they they decide <laughs> this is just mind boggling. So they have to stop Judgment Day. A, a word that I'm a phrase that I'm beginning to hate. By by the end of the series, I think I'm going to be tired of saying and hearing that. But. They they they're they're in there and they have their own time travel portal. How did they build it? I don't know. It was probably explained in a sentence that doesn't make a lot I of mean, sense. I mean, if he came there scrutiny. when she was nine, I guess they've had time. Whatever. I think it's stupid. Uh, <laughs> but they have it, and then uh, Linda. I'm uh, not Linda Hamilton. <sighs> I'm Sarah so Connor. sorry. Sarah Connor goes. Okay, we have to travel to 1997. Stop Skynet. And I'm thinking, okay, you have to do what you did in the second movie. I get it. Um, so they're getting ready to do that. And then Jai Courtney goes, no, we have to go to 2017. She says, oh, yeah. why? And then he's like, I don't know. I had like a funny dream when I came here. Yeah. 
And then that's she, it. And she goes, no, no, we're not going to do that. And like in a, and there have been so many movies where in a storyline, someone makes a decision based on like a gut re- gut feeling or at one, they saw one, like they had a vision and they <laughs> just had to go with it because of it. But in a movie that's more well-made, it's like there's weight put on that. Uh-huh. This is just like, I don't know, maybe you shouldn't go there. Right. You're not very convincing. And, and th- this is when it's Arnold explains what a nexus point is. And he says something about and everyone how everyone forgets. Know, everyone stops listening. Yeah, like Judgment Day can Honestly, create like multiple this, timelines. This you know? goes into the the realm of uh, sci-fi when when they're trying to explain terms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like whether or not this is making it up, I don't know what it is. But as soon as I hear the words Nexus Point, I am no longer listening. Because yeah. that's not why I'm watching a movie to yeah. learn about time travel. I just want to know that time travel is a thing. This guy used to be here. Now he's here. That's all I need to know about time travel. I don't need to know how it works. Yeah. Like in Looper, they just get into maybe a machine. You don't even really see it. Someone appears out of nowhere. Yeah. That's all you know about how time travel works in that movie. And it's brilliant. Because I don't need to know how it works. And I could I can get down with some exposition in terms of scientific stuff because that's fun for me but i get i think you're right good version of that interstellar yeah so much exposition in that and it's i don't i loved it it's easy to understand for me yeah or it was i mean it that you did have to watch it more than once to really get it but that's kind of a christopher Nolan movie Um, But, but i think um I lost that thought I was going to present. So, so yeah, he's saying words about things and then they're like, okay, let's just do it. Let's go to 2017. And then there's a moment when they're both undressing with like a locker in between them because they're about to try and travel. And uh, Kyle's confessing his love for John Reese in this scene. John Connor. John. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, John Connor. And, you know, that's oh yeah, he reminisces. It. He says, he says, one time me and John, we made moonshine, and but it didn't work out. We were, we were, <laughs> we were laughing, laughing for days. All day. Yeah, days. And I'm going. He's like, I think I'm one of the only people who's ever really seen him smile. And I go, what is this movie? Yeah. And and it's very. There's this annoying will they won't they chemistry that they're trying to present with a lot of kind of like, <laughs> well. I don't know about you, but I have work to do. And it's one but of those. But I'm trying. I'm a little bit sexy. And too, it's like <laughs> you know, she's like, oh no, no, Terminator keeps telling her that they need to mate because that is like you need to conceive John. You need to do it. So he keeps telling her that, and she's like, I don't have to do any of that. Like this is alternate. This isn't like doesn't mean anything anymore because now I'm independent and I know how everything works. But it's told in snappy jokes. Yeah, so it's, 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 it never really feels like she's empowered, if that's what they're going for. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they, they get in the time machine. And they go, and Terminator can't go because he lost some of his skin. Um, so he has to stay behind and like, wait 30 years. Which I like that idea. That's interesting. But they don't really do anything with it. But, uh, no, but they don't. Before we go with, with that, um, one thing, one note I have is, why should we believe any movie that says that they can stop Judgment Day at this point? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they go through it and they they like show up in the middle of a freeway mm-hmm. and it's just two naked people holding each other 
And I, that's weird. And then Kyle Reese gets hit by a freaking car and yeah. there, there was not one scratch on his body full on hit by a car, no scratch on his body. And then there, it just continues to be weird. They like hold on to them being naked and holding each other. Mm-hmm. And him saying, like, I got you, I got you. And it's like, I'm just looking at her boobs right now. <laughs> Cut to the next scene. <laughs> I don't care. So then they get arrested. They're in a hospital. And J.K. Simmons is finally introduced. And he's decent in this movie. He's a I guy. Mean, he's J.K. Simmons, so he's great. Yeah, he was the cop from earlier in the movie. And he believes in the robots and is trying to break the case of figuring yeah. out the robot time traveling yeah. stuff. So he's kind of appearing in scenes just being like, whoa, that's what I thought was happening. Yeah. Cool. Um, But so at some point there is a sequence where, um, again, we see Sarah Connor tracing, like Jai Courtney is having a flashback and it's Sarah Connor tracing her finger on his palm and going, saying something like, um, don't look back, always keep moving forward. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's used in the movie. Oh, actually, it's used before Early they time travel. Yeah. But this is what he does to convince her to go. Yeah. And and this is a trope in movies that I absolutely hate, where it's something so general and not specific. Saying, don't look back, you need to move forward, is not a specific thing to bring up to someone where if I said, Jordan, you need to trust me because I saw in the future that you said, don't look back, always look forward, and you touch my hand like this you you wouldn't go oh my gosh that's what my dad used to always do we need to go there make it so specific that it's it would be impossible for another person to have that thought you know what i'm saying 100 mm-hmm. percent. make it make it so crazy that that it's not something that I may have said two days ago before I walked into the theater. It's like when you're watching a romantic comedy and it's it's poorly written and the the two characters who were going to fall in love, fall out of love and fall into love by the end of the movie, they're like getting to know each other. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you like that fun thing too? I'm so weird. I like that too. <laughs> that's what it feels like. It's like, that. no no one talks like that or like that's not genuine. No one like forms a relationship based on that dumb <laughs> interest that you have together. It's it's like if someone says something like, well, I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I actually really like The Dark Knight. I know that's not no, a popular opinion. Exactly. And you go, yeah, it is. Everybody likes that movie. Yeah. Or The Beatles are pretty good. I like The Beatles. Yes. Okay. So does everybody. Yeah. That doesn't make you unique. <laughs> you're not a you're not a snowflake. You're, you're not, not a beautiful, unique. unique snowflake. Yeah. Fight you club. are not your car. You are not your corduroy pants. <laughs> um, so John Connor shows up at the hospital. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I forgot about this already. So what? I mean, what do we have to say about John Connor? Because what they do is they take... They take the, the basically the savior of hum- uh, the simp- the, uh, blah, uh, he, They take the savior of humanity throughout the series and they turn him into the villain. Didn't see that coming, I guess. But that's something is that could so... be done, but it was so unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. And so it's like I said earlier, I, it, this series has no understanding of the source material at all. At no. all. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 
it's so crazy when you watch this movie it is such a product of its time i know i keep saying this but that's what this podcast does when you look at terminator one that movie is breaking new ground Mm -hmm. visually story action sci-fi all of it you look at terminator two it's breaking new ground taking terminator one flipping it on its head and still pushing the boundaries when you look at this movie, there is no distinguishing factor to it beyond any other action movie or blockbuster that was released in 2015. That's another that is a huge problem with a lot of these blockbuster legacy movies where the first movies like Star Wars, even though I do like a lot of the new movies and stuff, like the first 3 movies broke new ground. People's minds were blown. And even the the prequels New technology and mm-hmm, stuff. That's true. And then when you don't keep trying to push it, um, you, you do lose something, I think. Yeah, definitely. I'm not sure about that I, that theory, but I think that that is a solid theory. Also, to this just reminded me of it. The effects in this movie look worse than the last movie. They and that movie was made bad. in 2009. Yeah. And this movie made in 2000 what? 15. 15 looks worse. It doesn't... When Arnold is fighting Arnold at the beginning, it's bad. The physics were, I mean, the I, young Arnold was kind of play doughy. It almost feels like this was the because we're kind of in, <laughs> to always compare it to Marvel. We're more, we're pretty much in the middle of the M- MCU right now. Yes, more or less. Yeah, and it's all it's almost like that lazy period of action stuff. Yeah, where it just doesn't really matter how it looks. You just need to know what it's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's not really trying to do like you're saying, like not really trying to do new things. Yeah, that's how this whole movie felt. I do feel like more towards the end when they're fighting John Connor and some <laughs> of the like nanotechnology that Tony Stark invented, uh, like effects. You know how like it, there's like his body's like stagnated. Status. I liked that. I or thought that looked cool. That. I like that, and I thought that's a shame that it's in this movie. Right, like that might be a striking moment in any other movie. Yeah, it was a bummer. Okay, so John Connor shows up and it's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And then he busts them out. They're leaving. Uh, he John Connor calls Kyle dad. So Kyle on exit. It's like a slip up. Well, now you're because <laughs> you find out in the same scene that he is a bad guy. Like you know, like the, oh. he knows what he was doing. Oh, you know? okay. Um, so I Kyle, guess this movie's a masterpiece. It's all right. <laughs> um, Kyle finds out that he is the father of John, His which is probably crazy. a huge blow to him because he was like, the person I'm in love with is my son. Yeah. He, he kind of, his reaction is like, what? Are you serious? How could you really? With her? This lady? Instead, in, I mean, that is a shocking moment in your life. Yeah. To find out you've been friends with your son who you have not conceived yet. Yeah. That's very shocking to react with like, whoa, they're coming out with another Marvel movie? It's like the same reaction. Yeah. As, oh, cool. This that's guy's crazy. directing it. That's I don't know awesome. If I don't know if I'm ready for that, but <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. And then you, this also in the same scene, they show that he is not who he is really. And is this when they cut back to like Matt Smith stuff and you see that his body was like replaced with basically his body was infiltrated by tiny bots. <laughs> yeah. And he's like not really who he is anymore. Yeah. And this is when Terminator shows up. Yes. 
and they fight in the hospital and Kyle Bad action scenes ensue. Yeah, it doesn't I don't care about anything that happens, but Kyle Reese uh defeats John Connor for the time being using an MRI machine. Yeah. And then at some point we see a flash that shows Miles. It's the my I think Courtney B Vance is supposed to be Miles from Terminator 2 and that's his son that's running the new company Genesis. Oh, yeah, okay. Um Dyson. And yeah. And that guy who runs the company is in it for like one scene and and I know I know that they're trying to which you could have done they're trying to play on this idea of connected all your devices all of your social media it's all connected and then that takes over instead of it being scary from the start um but to me it's just I think they're also trying to make a warning about you know social media and stuff and they don't really say anything yeah and yeah. and I didn't really understand what Genesis was or what they were trying to do. No, that was do. never clear. But when they did have their one little presentation about it, I did zone out. So maybe it's on me. Yeah. Well, but I think mostly it's on them. Th- this is sort of a problem with with this movie as well. That So if it's an alternate timeline, you're telling me with all the possibilities of an alternate timeline, Genesis is created and it's going to create like the same Terminators. Like it's, well, I guess it does create a new Terminator. So maybe I'm wrong in that account, but for an alternate timeline movie in a multiverse, there's nothing really different about this world. (laughs) No, watching this, like with all the stuff that's happening and seeing like the new development of what kind of robot John Connor is, it's like the humans should just give up. (laughs) I think the cards are really stacked against (laughs) them and it's time to throw in the towel. Yeah. It's over. We're extinct. And you know what? Maybe that's what needs to happen. Yeah. And you know what? I'm really starting to, I'm starting to take a shine to Terminator three. I think I'm thinking about that ending more. Anyway, we'll get into that next week when we make our final ranking. But, um, so there's this whole scene in the bunker that I don't really care to talk about. Um, and then there's a school bus chase scene. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, crazy. Just not good. No. Bad action. They, I mean, Arnold does a good job in this movie, but it's not well written. And All he does is talk. Like, there's no, <laughs> yeah. like, in comparison to the other movies, that he, like, doesn't even, he shoots guns. Like, that's really it. I know he yeah. kind of fights in the last scene pretty much, but, like, it, it's a bummer because he's, doing a lot of action his character does a lot of action in the first two movies yeah and and then in this movie so like he has to stay back while they go to 2017 so he's like alone for 30 years like preparing for everything and once they get there all he does is explain things to them and how things work so he's explaining everything to hit to them that to things that happen off screen yeah how boring is that (laughs) yeah that's so boring it's very boring and yeah, he's. It, it is yeah. to, to tell you though. If you're just listening to this as a as a fan of the podcast, but you don't, you didn't want to watch this movie. This movie, in my opinion, if you are like, "Hey, let's watch a bad movie and laugh," I think this movie totally qualifies. for I agree, me. but you it does. It's funnier if you've seen the other movies. Yes, but you know, maybe there's someone out there that's like, "Yeah, I saw one, two, and three, and didn't like four, and never watched anymore." I think Whoa, pop some rhymed. popcorn, <laughs> pop some popcorn, pour yourself a drink 
and enjoy a night full of laughter. Because yeah. this movie, it's just like we're saying, every single decision they make, you just go, why did you make that decision? Yeah. And, um, you know, there's more business. John Connor does a bunch of speeches. They break into Genesis. And then Matt Smith shows up as a hologram. hologram and he's... They're like, them, sit, they're like sitting bombs up to bomb up the place, I guess. And yeah, they're recreating the scene in Cyberdyne in Terminator 2. Yeah. Because every scene in this is a recreation. And then they get to a place where there's like a time machine that was built, I guess. And um, that this is another fight. This is a tough fight scene between Terminator and John Connor. Newsflash, Terminator wins. They both go into the time machine together. And that just takes forever. John Connor, or Kyle and Sarah get out safely into an area yeah and she's like oh yeah she's calling him pops the whole movie we haven't talked about that <laughs> we don't need to but she's devastated that he's dead it's just like another father figure he is in this yeah movie. they just recreated the the t2 relationship between john and terminator but it's not charming in this movie because no. we already saw it and it was with a child so there's more charm to it mm-hmm Whereas this is just, and I know she was a child at some point, but now, you know, her she, yeah, scolding yeah. pops, it just comes off as kind of irreverent, They're I guess. They're just totally trying to do a Shrike thing. They are trying to do work. a Shrike, and Shrike rules. Yeah. And Mortal Engines, here's the thing. If we compare apples to apples here, Mortal Engines is definitely 10 out of 10 if compared to this movie this series gets six movies mortal engine should get two it should get at least two yeah come on go listen to our halloween special on mortal engines we surprisingly thought it was kind of a fun movie yes. with a lot of problems yes but we've covered but dang, much worse cool? on this it was an homage to a lot of different directors yeah um then john connor's destroyed in the time machine and then they go to <laughs> the they stalk a child yes. and they find where, where he lives and they go to his the house. They go to his house and it's Jai Courtney's alternate Kyle Reese. And he goes, oh, I, Sarah Connor walks up to the kid and says, hey, I, my friend needs to talk to you. And then she does the thing that she tells him the thing with the hand. Right. I, I don't remember that. What, what the thing? thing that you were complaining about? Oh, that was actually earlier in the okay, movie. Okay, whatever. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Um, and and so the kid's like, okay, he can talk to me. And so Jai Courtney comes over, and the kid says, I like her. Yeah. This kid's like 12. He's not five. And also, it's... I'm not sure what the implication is. I hated this. I hate this when he... So he's <laughs> talking to... Jai Courtney's saying words to this kid, and then the kid's like, why are you telling me this? And then he's like, because you're going to have to come back and tell this to yourself in the future over and over and over again. Yeah, he says it in a metaphorical way that's also factual. Yeah. But, but what's, so here's what's weird to me. He looks at Sarah Connor and he goes, I like her. And to me, I'm going, well, in the future, that's your wife. How weird is it that the 12 year old is looking at this grown woman and being like, I like her. And the implication as the audience member is like, oh yeah, that's the girl you're going to have a baby with. Yeah. I think that that's weird. Yeah. And also... It should have ripped a hole, a, a yeah, hole into reality. If we're in an alternate... This movie ripped a hole into reality, <laughs> and that's why there's an alternate universe. Cracked it. <laughs> and that's why it's slightly off. 
But I don't understand why Kyle Reese would need to tell this alternate Kyle Reese mm -hmm. stuff because this Kyle Reese grew up in the war. Mm -hmm. So... Unless, I, unless that version of him is always coming to this version of him. Yeah, but that, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a loop then. So there'd be no need for him to tell this kid that stuff. Oh, gosh. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think I, think I get it. <laughs> and so then they kind of go off into the distance. And then there is a mid-credit scene that is... I don't know what happened in the mid-credit scene. It just showed like the time machine still working in like a red flare-up. And I thought, What? It was I probably mean, Matt Smith stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, but first of all, you didn't earn that. And then second of all, what what are you talking about? You're you're gonna show us two seconds and that's the post credits. That's not even a cliffhanger. Yeah. We just saw a flashing light. Yep. I don't get I don't get that decision. I think he, Alan Taylor just thought, you know what? We did it on Thor of the Dark World and we're doing it in every other movie I make now. Post credit scene on everything. Um just a horrid, horrid movie. Yeah really bad really very very bad and i loved it in that in the, in the way that you <laughs> yeah. love a movie that that doesn't work at all yeah this one in comparison to the to the third movie because i did not like the third movie and that one i was just so bored the whole time this yeah. one i wasn't bored i'm definitely coming around to my ranking so far is the order in which they came out is how it's shaping up mine's not but i cannot imagine that dark fate can be worse than this movie. Which is I funny. I think first shocked. episode we were talking about how like going through how it's all done and everything and Cameron produced that one. And like some people look at it as a third movie and it's like, Oh, maybe that one might be good. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think I'm going to love it, but I cannot imagine that it's even close to as bad as Genesis. Oh, it was bad. I thought you meant it's like, it's just going to be really bad too. Oh no, no, no. I'm just saying, it actually might make our enjoyment of that movie higher because we saw something so bad that we might go, oh, this is an actual story that goes from A to B to C. Cool. Mm -hmm. This actually makes sense. Um, Yeah, that's that's the movie. Re you really should watch it because it is too crazy. <laughs> Anything else from you? I got to stop talking about this movie. Okay, well, um, I got to tell you about www.patreon.micahmccaw where you can get music. You can watch my full Have Yourself a 5-4 Little Christmas concert that premiered, I think, last week. Um, we're recording these ahead of time. Um, and if, even if you don't sign up for Patreon, you can go to my YouTube and watch five of those songs. Please do it. Um, they're very cool. And then, um, but on Patreon this month for patrons it is uh gremlins we did a gremlins episode and next month will be gremlins too so sign up let's get let's get a couple more of you over there we're gonna release the winnie the pooh lost episodes once we get one more patron so maybe by the time this comes out it'll already be out yeah but yeah go go watch my christmas concert and share it with friends and family have yourself a five four little christmas micah mccaw please do that and message me. Tell me what you thought of it. Yeah. All right. Well, in the words of the Terminator, we'll be back one more time. And then next week, we'll announce our next series, mm -hmm. which was a Patreon, or not a Patreon, but a fan pick. Mm -hmm. So as of now, we know it's either going to be Spy uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, 
Back to the Future or um, Indiana Jones? Any guesses, Jordan? No. Bye.